This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. From the offseason, the wins and the losses. It's time to take one, one, one giant, giant step. step. All right, Bryce and Baldy are with us. Brian Baldinger, Odyssey NFL insider, of course. Follow him on Twitter for his Baldy breakdowns. And Baldy, you have me fascinated by what's gone on with the Giants of late. I want to start offense before we go defense. And mainly the big debate that I can't believe is a debate, which is the the Terod Taylor versus Daniel Jones and who's operating the offense better right now. Uh, Clearly, Daniel Jones at this moment is still not clear for contact. Who really knows? It's a big question mark. But there is a debate. Is it more about, you know, the offensive line getting Saquon back or is Terod Taylor simply just seeing the football field better than Daniel Jones had been earlier this year? Uh, well, I mean, Terod played well against Washington. Now, they, they scored 14 points. Nobody's going crazy, right? Yeah. But, you know, they got the explosive plays in the offense that have been missing. You got the two shots to Jalen Hyatt. You got the shot to Waller. You know, you got a shot, you know, to Slayton. Um, Wandale got one. Terod ran for one. I mean, you got the explosive plays in the offense. And really – Offenses don't score, typically, if you don't get those type of plays. And then I thought up front, you know, they made another change in the offensive line. You got Glowinski back. McKeithen goes to left guard. Um, you know, they, they they got some good runs against Washington. Not It wasn't, you know, nobody's going to get crazy about, you know, 3.3 yard average. But I thought they, they got some good runs in the game where they, you know, six and seven type yard runs. They had like seven or eight of them. And, you know, that's you get those on first down. It's a lot easier to yeah. sustain offense. So I thought overall, Terod did his job in that game. So, Baldy, I got, I got a quick one for you. So let's say Daniel Jones next week against the Raiders. He's at like 80, 90 percent. He's cleared for contact. What is the downside to playing Taylor over Jones if Jones isn't exactly 100 percent yet? Well, I mean, look, for a lot of this is hypothetical. Let's see how he plays against the Jets. The Jets, you know, their last game, they took down the Eagles. We know they have a good defense. You know, if, but let's just say, let's carry it all the way out. If he goes out 
the Giants win and he plays well, yeah. I think they'll have a difficult decision. And not because they don't believe in Daniel Jones, but they're trying to dig themselves out of an early season crypt, a deep crypt that some teams get out of and some teams never get out of. But if I'm if I'm Brian Dable right there, I'm Joe Shane, like I would just ride the hot hand. Just ride it until there's nothing to ride or he, he you know, he plays poorly. Then you make the switch back. But I would not – if they play well this week and Terod plays well and they win, I don't care what happens to Daniel Jones. And it's not a knock on Daniel. Like, the offense is is, is playing better. Um, you can't win games if the offense doesn't score. And the offense wasn't scoring under Daniel Jones. And it was a mess. Uh, I mean, look, you could blame Daniel Jones if you want. The offense line was dysfunctional, period. They couldn't do anything. And Saquon was out. So – but that's what I would do right now, Bryce. Uh, so you mentioned the offensive line, and it seemingly is a conversation that has not ended, Baldy, here in New York forever, forever. It feels like yeah. it's been a decade of talking. You know, I'm on WFN. The offensive line calls don't stop. They have right. now started 10 different offensive linemen. Justin <laughs> Pugh came off his couch. He didn't play great at left tackle last week, but it's been an admirable job. Andrew Thomas is progressing. It's the never-ending hamstring injury. Again, we're taping this on Friday morning. Friday seemingly is going to be a big day for him. John Michael Schmitz looks like he's going to return at center this week. Uh, for your money, the offensive line seemingly had its best game of the year last week versus Washington in a very difficult front. What have you seen the last couple of weeks with the offensive line and taking steps forward? here? Well, when I said earlier that they were completely dysfunctional, I mean, they didn't play as a unit. And it wasn't like... I mean, just from an assignment standpoint, they didn't play well. You know, the right guard didn't know what the center was doing. Center didn't wasn't sure what the left guard was doing. I thought for the first time last week in weeks, and, and maybe since the start of the season when all those guys, John Michael and, you know, Andrew was in the lineup, um, I thought for the first time, assignment-wise, they played well as one. You know, and so here's, you know, two double teams at the point. Here's slide protection. You know, just some of the basics that you have to do. And I thought they played as a unit last week. And that was a big reason why they were able to get some of those deep shots and run uh, fairly effectively at times. So, you know, you, you mentioned how well the offensive line played. And you mentioned how Saquon was able to break free on some of those runs. I mean, he played pretty well, Saquon. Do you think that his performance was due to, you know, the fact that he's Saquon Barkley, he could make guys miss, or do you think it's because the offensive line finally came together? No, he, you know, on eight of his 21 runs, he ran for five yards or more. Those are quality runs. I don't care who the back is. And so there was a hold up. Now, Saquon ran hard. He, he, you know, he pushed the pile. He ran guys over. He got physical at the point when he had to. And, you know, he, he got on some guys' edges uh, when he had the opportunity, but he had real holes. He wasn't, uh, you know, making people miss two yards in the backfield. And so it, it starts up front, and I thought Saquon ran hard because I think he just missed running hard, you know, like it was good to be back. But uh, they had he had some holes. He had some holes that, that, he, that were clear. Tyree Phillips signed off the Eagles practice squad, was a guy with the Giants last year as their swing tackle, yeah. actually played decent at times at right tackle for the Giants when he had to fill in. Evan Neal with the ankle injury, he was limited in practice Thursday, didn't play last week. It felt like the Giants' boldy had an upgrade at right tackle last week. Evan Neal is a million-dollar question as the seventh overall pick a year ago, Joe Shane's first draft. Do you feel like Evan Neal is crossing into lost cause territory at right tackle? 
he's got to get better, Sean. I mean, I'm not here to. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Paul. You, you know, baby. <laughs> you, 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 can't, you can't live with, you know, your right tackle's got to hold up. I mean, he just has to hold up, you know, in all phases. And he's struggling. He's flat out, so he's struggling to get off on. Like, I was talking to Laramie Tunsil yesterday. I'm not making any comparison. But we saw, but let's just go back. Let's go back to Andrew Thomas's rookie year. He struggled. Yeah. He struggled. He, 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 he was dancing too much. He couldn't get his right foot in the ground. Guys were beating him inside. And you thought a little bit like whatever Neil's going through. You thought, right. man, what did they make all these other guys out there? Did they miss? And now you see Andrew Thomas fix the, the fundamental errors. Of course. And now he's at an elite level, a very good level. Um, I don't know that Evan Neal has the athletic ability that Andrew Thomas has to fix some of his liabilities. Like you see real question marks in his athletic makeup that says, I don't know that he can become Andrew Thomas. That's what you want. We'll go, we'll live with the growing pains. If you become Andrew Thomas, like everybody would go through that, but I don't know that he has the fast twitch the get off, the consistency and set, just the overall athletic ability that you have with Andrew to be able to get to that level. So, Baldy, what time? Like, at, at what point do you think that they move him to guard to try him out at guard? Well, I mean, that sometimes you do that if a guy struggles outside. I don't know that he's going to be a whole lot better at guard right now. I mean, I just think you see certain limitations to him. And when I say fast twitch, I mean, you've got to be in the ground. you got to dance. you got to stay in front of a guy. You know, you go up against those two defensive tackles that you saw last week in Washington or Quinn and Williams this week with the Jets. You see elite. I mean, people are spending a lot of money on defensive tackles these days yeah. because they realize Chris Jones, yeah. Quinn and Williams, Jeffrey Simmons. Like, there's elite players in his business at that position, Jalen Carter in Philly right now, that you have to win one-on-one. You, you can't just rely on your center sliding to you and helping you. And I don't know at his, at six foot seven, and just sort of the lack of foot quickness that he can cover that up just because he goes inside.